0: There is no roadmap for what is happening in the world today, but the more informed you are, the better your chances are for successfully navigating these uncertain times. This is why the registry continues to bring its real estate news coverage to keep you informed and better prepared to meet the challenges of the industry. We can only do this because of generous readers who support our work. Thank you to your commitment to journalism, especially now. And if you're not a subscriber yet, you can join us at RegistrySF.com in San Francisco and at RegistryPS.com in Seattle. (music) Jeff Berkus is an Executive Vice President and Western Region President for Federal Realty, one of the nation's largest commercial real estate REITs. He is responsible for leading Federal Realty's West Coast leasing, development, and asset management and acquisitions teams, achieving corporate P&L goals, and growing Federal's Western portfolio. Prior to his current role, Jeff served as Chief Investment Officer for the organization. He also serves as a member of the company's Executive and Investment Committees. Jeff is based out of Federal Realty's West Coast headquarters at Santana Row in San Jose, California, and we'll talk to him about that development and others that they're doing throughout the western United States. Welcome, Jeff. Jeff, good morning. How's it going?
1: Hey, great, Vlad. Uh, Good morning to you as well.
0: Where do we find you today?
1: I am at Federal Realty's offices in El Segundo, California, at our uh, project called The Point, uh, which is right next to a large shopping center that we own anchored by Whole Foods called Plaza El Segundo. Uh, We have... uh, You know, roughly 50-some people in California, Uh, 35, 40 of those are up in the Bay Area at uh, Santana Row, West Coast headquarters, and the rest of them are down here in uh, El Segundo, and, uh, you know, because of COVID, I haven't been able to see our uh, team down here or our properties since February so I'm really happy to be down here this week and looking forward to reconnecting with everybody and getting out in the car and uh, seeing uh, seeing our properties.
0: Yeah, driving around for, for a change, right? Yeah, and
1: hey, the traffic will be uh, easier to deal with. <laughs> that's
0: right, that's right, yeah. Um, well, great. Um, well, Jeff, by way of introduction, would would you mind giving us kind of uh, you know an overview of you know your role at Federal Realty, uh, but also who Federal Realty is, um, kind of where where your sphere of influence is in the in the organization?
1: Sure, let me let me start with uh, Federal, and then I'll uh, uh, come around to what what I do at Federal. Uh, so Federal is a publicly traded real estate investment trust. We have always been a publicly traded REIT. Uh, We were founded in 1962, based outside of Washington, D.C., in uh, North Bethesda, Maryland. The company only operates in a few markets. We're in major East Coast and West Coast markets, uh, starting up on the the north end of the country, uh, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, the D.C. area, South Florida, and then uh, out here in California, uh, Bay Area, L.A. We have a handful of properties in Chicago as well. Uh, But we, you know, for a long time have considered those the best markets in the country in which to invest and have stuck to our knitting uh, in those markets. The company uh, owns approximately uh, 104 properties comprising 24 million square feet of uh, commercial space along with – a multifamily component that goes with a number of those properties. We uh, are focused solely on uh, retail and retail-driven uh, mixed-use properties. The company is in the S and P 500 yeah. and is one of the uh, few REITs with uh, A-rated debt. So that's kind of a background on Federal. I've been at Federal now for uh, a little bit over 20 years. I joined in the uh, acquisitions group on the East Coast in our headquarters office. Uh, became chief investment officer, moved to California uh, to do th- that job and cover both coasts in 2004. And then in about 2012, uh, my role changed from the investment side of our business to more of an operating role. Yeah. And I currently run our team here in California.
0: Yeah, so given that the majority of your focus is on retail, I mean, I guess the obvious question is, um, you know, how are you guys doing, and you know, how is this uh, impacting you guys, and do you do you think that there's something that you are doing that is you know different from where the rest of the industry might be at this point?
1: Well, you know, we're we're fortunate uh, in many respects, Vlad. First, you know, we've we've always been very very careful about. Uh, the locations uh, that we've selected and the properties that we've invested in. So, you know, whether it's in Boston, DC, or out here in California, you know, we we've bought really great real estate, and that real estate is generally located in a first-ring suburb of you know one of the major cities that I mentioned a few a few months ago, yeah, or a few mo- a few minutes ago. We are open air, which in you know times of COVID. Uh, is certainly an advantage. A number of our properties are accessible by public transportation, but none of our properties are public transportation dependent. All of our properties uh, uh, can be accessed by car. And then another thing we've been very careful about over the years at Federal is we're we're format agnostic meaning other than other than investing in enclosed malls we've invested in every other type of retail format so whether that be a grocery anchor neighborhood center a power center a large uh, grocery anchored community center or you know the retail portion of a mixed use property or mixed use we've We've been very um, careful to um, invest in what we think are the best locations, regardless of retail format. Uh, we've also been very careful to diversify our rental stream. Yeah, no single tenant uh, in our portfolio accounts for more than three percent of our revenue. So clearly, COVID presents. All kinds of challenges, right? Which we're seeing in our multifamily portion of our business, the office portion of our business, and most acutely, of course, in the retail portion of our business. But you know, because we're open air, uh, because we've got great locations, and because we have a highly diverse income stream, um, we've been able able to weather that pretty well. Yeah, hundred percent of our hundred percent of our properties are open and have been open throughout the pandemic. Ninety two percent of our tenants are open right now, and And the last month we reported collections, which was July, we collected 76 percent of our rent. So, uh, you know, all things considered and, you know, not trying to make light of it, it is a very difficult operating environment. But all things considered, I think we're doing uh, relatively well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if um if we kind of, you know, zero in on, you know, one of your projects in, you know, Silicon Valley, uh Santana Road that's been, you know, essentially one of the one of the developments in the in the Bay Area and maybe on the West Coast that, you know, you've been you've been kind of known for there there are several reasons why that's been a successful, you know, development for you, but but you know, if you don't mind me asking you, you know, how how did that evolve in the last, you know, decade and I'm just asking that more is kind of a you know set up to get understanding how we went from you know a retail center to you know uh, housing and office and, and sort of what 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 the vision kind of you know had been or was for the for the for the project ov- overall
1: Sure, sure. Um, love talking about Santana Row, <laughs> as you might expect. yeah, <laughs> so you know, in a couple of years, I guess we will have owned the land uh, that that was developed with Santana Row and actually been for 25 years and actually been operating the property for 20 years. Uh, we'll hit our eighteenth anniversary here in a couple of months of Santana Row being open and operating. And you know what's been fundamental to Santana Row's success, Um, again, going back to comment I made a few minutes ago, is its location. So, you know, we're we're at the effectively interchange of uh, two major freeway systems in the Bay Area, uh, 280 on the west side of the Bay and then 880-17 on the east side of the Bay. We're at the intersection of two very busy surface streets, uh, Stevens Creek and Winchester Boulevard. And we're across the street from Valley Fair Mall, which historically has been one of the top three or top five uh, malls in the United States based on sales productivity. Uh, We're surrounded by a uh, relatively dense but suburban population that uh, is, generally speaking, highly educated and and well-paid. All of that makes for great retail space, right? And if you go back to the late 90s when we bought the property, the vision for Santana Row was really to give Silicon Valley what at that point in time it did not have, which is a place for people to gather and spend time with their friends and families and you know uh, ultimately live, stay in a hotel room, go shopping, uh, have a dinner out, that kind of thing. And that was the vision for Santana Row, was to create a place in Silicon Valley which you know prior to that really did not have a place for people to go and congregate that was you know safe clean and large enough to be varied and <clears throat> hold people's interest over yeah. visits so we we opened up Santana Row in November of 2002 and you know through a handful of economic and other cycles um, have been able to um, operate the property very successfully. And, you know, great group of uh, retailers and restaurants there, wide variety of services, 615 apartments, 219 condominiums. We have another site that's entitled for 258 apartments, which, you know, hopefully we'll be able to start construction on coming out of the pandemic. The street, which is what really makes the place, you know, it's filled with great places to go and eat, grab a drink, cup of coffee, whatever. There's over 30 places to uh, buy food at Santana Row. Full complement of services, whether you need to get your hair cut, nails done, a massage, go to a bank, go to the dentist, whatever. All of it's there at Santana Row. Yeah. And also some wonderful public spaces, right? So whether it's Park Valencia or Santana Row Park, uh, there's great places to hang out, congregate, check your email, send a text, talk to a friend. Uh, meet people that are you know arriving from uh, from different places. Uh, the ground plane, the street, the public spaces at Santana Row are fantastic. What's evolved over the years is the inclusion of office space. Right. So when we when we originally entitled Santana Row, office pla- office space was not contemplated, and what we learned, you know, through through years of operating the property was that people really liked to work there. And it started with us taking um, some space that was on the second floor above some of the retail space that, you know, in hindsight turned out to be less than ideal retail space yeah. and refitting it for office. And at least, well, the companies that, you know, moved into that space did well, their employees uh, love being there and, you know, consequently the the people that own the businesses, Liked having the businesses there because the employees were happy. So, you know, in another uh, sort of not-so-great time uh, back in 2008, 2009, we'd re the property to include office, and we built our first office building, 300 Santana Row, which sits up on the north side of the property yeah, in Stevens yeah. Creek directly opposite them mall, and you know clearly 2009 was not the best time to deliver office space anywhere but that's that's the hand we were dealt and we were able to you know in, in the global financial crisis uh, not only lease the space when really no one else in silicon valley was leasing space but also get a little bit more rent each time we did a lease yeah so the realization that you know office made sense at Santana Row, that people like to work there, that businesses like to locate there, caused us to go through a rezoning and include uh, more office in the entitlement. Also, at about the same time, we were able to expand the footprint of Santana Row a couple different ways. Uh, We bought um, four parcels of about three acres of the south end of the property, and You know the property well, but um, when we originally opened it, it was not connected to Tisch, uh, which is essentially the frontage road along 280. And when KB Home built their townhomes, the south end of Santana Road, they were required to make that extension. And we bought some land around that new intersection. A few years later, we were also able to make a deal with the families that own um, what's referred to as the Winchester Mystery House site. Uh, the twelve acres of land next to the Winchester Mystery House that for fifty years had been leased to Century Theaters to operate theaters in the in the dome structures that sat on that site just west of Santana Row, and so we embarked, you know, on another rezoning to uh, to add more office space to San, you know, what we're not now calling Santana West, and where we sit today is, you know, we have. Uh, 500 and 700 Santana Row built and fully leased to Splunk. Yeah, those two buildings comprise about 525,000 square feet. 300 Santana Rows, you know, roughly 60,000 square feet of Class A office space. You know, if you're in the real estate business, of course, you know Cushman and Wakefield, and you know, it is a testament to the building's quality. Uh, Cushman and Wakefield has their Silicon Valley uh, office in 300 Santana Row. Yep. Road. yep. And then, you know, we've got, I guess, eighty, ninety thousand 90,000 square feet of the second and third level uh, space, which is where we started. That space is 100% leased to firms like Avalon Bay. Again, if you're in the real estate business, you know Avalon yep. Bay. It's their West, Co- West Coast headquarters. Newmark has its Silicon Valley office in in that space. And uh, Twitter is in the process of building out an occupying space. So adding office has been... Uh, has been the major change since we originally entitled Santana and it's been great
0: yeah and it's it's been an interesting evolution also and so now as you as as you look at it in its in its sort of you know state where where it is uh what is the total you know retail square feet versus number of units versus square feet of office at this point
1: yeah so the let's call it the um the three class a buildings 300 uh 500 700 Santana row you've got just shy of 600,000 square feet got another 80 or 90,000 square feet in the second and third level yeah. uh spaces above the retail and then the retail in total just for a round number let's call it 500,000 feet uh plus or minus uh about 100 of that is restaurants and uh and the rest is retail and service and you know when you think about it right it's not overly large, which on the retail leasing side of things allows us to be you know, more selective than we otherwise would be in yeah. terms of merchandising the street and really getting the right retailers to the property that share the vision of Santana Row, which is having a unique presentation of the brand and you know, allowing uh, those retailers to operate in an open-air environment where when customers come, you know, each time they come, it's a little, a little bit of a sense of discovery in terms of noticing something interesting at in the property or a new store or a new restaurant that they hadn't noticed before. And, you know, having a relatively tight inventory of space has allowed us to be selective and, you know, we think put the right operators in those spaces to make the overall property better
0: yeah and i i don't think i would be overstating by by saying that Row has kind of served on as as an exemplar in the industry i mean i think a lot of other developers kind of look at it as sort of a format or a way to maybe, you know, mimic, uh, you know, some of the magic that, that you've created there. But how has that helped you guys at Federal Realty think about, you know, future developments in, in other parts of the country and, you know, elsewhere on the West Coast?
1: Well, yeah, that's that's a great question, Vlad. And really, you know, each of these mixed-use environments, and we we have several now, you know, whether it's Assembly Row in Somerville, Massachusetts, just east of Cambridge, just north of uh, Boston. Or Pike and Rose in North Bethesda, Bethesda Row and Bethesda, Maryland. And we've got a you know a couple more beyond that. Each of them is different. And they share similar characteristics in terms of having great locations and a mix of uses, but each is different. And our our view on mixed use in particular, real estate in general, is you know, there is no cookie-cutter approach or one size fits all approach um when it comes to this type of property you know each one is designed to address the needs of its local community and uh fill a fill a void in that community and provide the community again with a clean safe convenient place to have fun enjoy themselves maybe have a home maybe have a place to work. That's that's the common thread. But when you get down to the details and kind of the nitty gritty on the size, the planning, the design, you know, who you're tenanting the street with, so on and so forth, each one is very different, uh, because each community is very different. Yeah. So more than anything, I think that's what we've over you know twenty plus years of experience in the um, mixed use development and operation business. And operating a mixed use property is just as important as developing it. That's that's what we've come to learn.
0: Yeah, and and I guess my. Question was also wondering if, you know, going after office, you know, might be something that, you know, Federal Realty decides to do more of in the in the future, right? And sort of how to execute that. So that was... Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and if you look at our, you know, what we Internally, refer to the to as the big three, being Assembly Row, Pike and Rose, and Santana Row. All of those have meaningful office components. Right, and you know what we've we've learned a couple of things. Right, one we've learned that unless you're a huge company, right, let's say Apple or Google, to use a couple um, Silicon Valley based businesses that we all know, unless you're a huge company, there's no way you can amenitize your work environment on your own. Right. Well, so you need yeah, especially <laughs>
0: like Santana Row, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, so you, yeah. you need to lo you you, you need to locate uh, at a place like Assembly Row or right. Pike and Rose or Santana Row to give today's employee uh, what they want. And what they want is not to have to get in their car every time they want to go do something, not to have to get in their car to go to lunch, drop dry cleaning, uh, go to the bank, um, meet a friend for a drink after work, work out before or after work. They want to come park and you know, be there for the day and have all the same amenities that they'd have if they worked on a big tech campus right at their doorstep. That's, that's been an evolution in thinking not only, you know, in the real estate business and, you know, not only at federal, but I think also at the companies that occupy that type of space. Right. Yeah. I mean, 20 years ago, um, maybe that wasn't so important and, you know, the employees didn't push for that. So the businesses, you know, didn't locate in those types of places. They located in suburban office parks with a sea of parking around the building and a, you know, a deli on the ground floor. And that was kind of it, but that's been a big change. Yeah. The other, the other thing that we've learned through incorporating office in a mixed use environment is that it's, it's great for the property. So you know, again, depending on which property we're at, whether it's Assembly Row where we've got you know four thousand people working at Partners Healthcare, or Santana Row where we have a you know a few thousand like uh, three four thousand uh, working at a multitude of different firms. It's great to have those people of the property during the day during the week you know they're eating lunch out they're uh, uh, hanging out for drinks after work and they're they're helping create uh, vibrancy at the at the asset level and they're also helping uh, create sales for the uh, retailers and restaurants at the property yeah. from a development perspective uh, you know let's drill down into the performa perspective the other nice thing about having office is the peak demand for parking at office is pretty much the exact opposite of the peak demand for parking for retail and restaurants. So office parking obviously is busy during the day, Monday through Friday. Retail parking is busy nights and weekends. So you can build the parking once and use it twice, um, which is a real benefit when you're when you're looking at your pro forma.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the last sort of cycle, if um, – you know if you know you, you you were driven by essentially some of the market forces that you were identifying at that point in time and i think the big kind of outcome of that was you know you know putting some more office there as you look at sort of what's happening in the world today are are there any indications of any trends that might be emerging that you think will be shaping kind of your thoughts and you know perhaps how you look at these developments in the future
1: Yes and no might be a little too early for that. I mean, yeah. let, let's let's talk just a little bit about one Santana West, maybe. So that's the office building yep. that we have under construction across the street, across Winchester Boulevard from from Santana Row. And that's the first of two buildings that will ultimately total 750,000 square feet of rentable area. Uh, we can do up to a million on the site. There will be a third building at some point in the future, but uh, the first two are, are what are in the pipeline right now. And the first one of those buildings, uh, one Santana West, is under construction and, you know, will be ready to turn over to a tenant roughly a year from now. It is going to be a fantastic building. In fact, I would go so far to say is it's going to be the best building in Silicon Valley. Eight stories, concrete building, 13 foot clear heights, tech company, right size type floor plates, ranging from, you know, the kind of mid to upper 30,000 square feet to slightly over 50,000 square feet, park three per thousand, great architecture, lots of natural light, outdoor spaces, all that good stuff. But then when you start to think about, you know, what has the pandemic done to make us think about buildings like that? Yeah, The building's going to be totally state-of-the-art. It's going to have an outstanding HVAC system with the ability to bring clean air in. Uh, on every floor and be filtered, that clean air to be filtered uh, at a very high level and also recycled multiple times throughout the day or throughout the hour even, um, which you won't find in older buildings. If you think about all the common areas and all of the things you typically touch when you go into a building, one Santana West will be set up early so you have to touch nothing. Right. Whether that's a common area door uh, an elevator, um, any of the fixtures in the restrooms, even the lights in the common areas, um, you know, will come off and on based on motion, not by by touching a switch. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's something that in the area of COVID we think is very important. We've got a significant number of elevators in the building to um, cut down on the crowding and elevators or uh, stairs, fire stairs are essentially two lane stairs uh, double wide. So nobody feels restricted if they're using those stairs going up or going down. And then we also designed in each floor plate a knockout panel. So if tenants want to connect uh, floors within the building so their employees don't have to be elevator uh, dependent, the building's set up for that as well. And most importantly, um, outdoor space. So there's outdoor decks on uh, a number of the floors. There'll be a great uh, landscape Plaza between one and two Santana West, and then from a pedestrian standpoint, Santana West will be connected to Santana Row. So all the amenities of Santana Row, again walkable outdoor, are uh, directly across the street. So all that's been given a, a lot of consideration yeah. uh, even before COVID, and and certainly we've thought much harder about that, and have made some design changes along the way to. You know, really make it not only the the best building, but as much as possible the safest building in Silicon Valley.
0: Yeah, I bet, and I'm sure it's been. Um, you know, those uh, requirements have been updated on everybody's you know <laughs> requirement list at this point too. You know, given given some of the you know trends, and I know it's too early to to sort of talk about this, but you know, th- there is some discussion about you know this kind of hub and spoke model that companies might be looking at which which could be good for a suburban product like like yours you know maybe companies will be coming out of this sort of you know central business this, districts and kind of looking for for opportunities to to expand their footprints throughout throughout the region how, how uh, you know, are are you seeing that reflected in in the interest and in some of the discussions that you're already having with uh, your you know brokers and and folks that are potentially interested, and in anything you can share about that?
1: Yeah, I mean certainly that's our hypothesis as well, and I I think that hypothesis will uh, be be proven to be correct. Uh, we're spending a lot of time talking to our leasing team about that and doing a lot of legwork, figuring out who those who those firms might be. I think it's a little bit early. I wish I could say we had a bunch of people banging our, our door down for that reason. Uh, at the moment, we don't. But I, I think that will change as we get closer in California to uh, reopening offices, because I think businesses and obviously the employees in those businesses are going to want to be as safe as possible and certainly, you know, a drivable suburban location that still has all the amenities of uh uh, you know, being in a more more urban location, I think that's gonna bubble up to the top of people's lists. So we're thinking that's. Uh... Uh, likely uh, to come to fruition.
0: Sure, sure. So, uh, Jeff, this is this is a time also when I think you know companies that endure, innovate, uh, and look to do new things and provide new new products and offerings and services and that kind of thing. As you kind of look introspectively with within your organization, um, how is Federal Realty you know kind of looking at this time to? you know, be, uh, you know, more successful, better in the, you know, the next cycle and,
1: uh, also beyond. Yeah. Again, Vlad, that's a, that's a great question. I think probably the best example of that, and this is, this is something we started doing very, very early on. And, you know, it's, it's evolving now that we've had it in place for a while, but, um, we started this program called the pickup and we've rolled the, the, the pickup up now, uh, out at all of our properties And essentially what the pickup is, is formalized um, curbside pickup program. So if you're coming to the property and you want to get your to-go food or you want to get something that you've bought at a store, or even if you you maybe want to return something to a store, uh, within each of our properties we have designated zones and parking areas where you can pull up, uh, not get out of your car, and interact with the merchant you're doing business with yeah. without parking your car, getting out of your car and walking into a store or restaurant. And, you know, I think initially when we started kicking this around internally, we thought, well, you know, this will be great um, during, during COVID and what we're coming to learn. And I think what we realized very, very quickly is this is going to be permanent at open air uh, retail. Yeah. Herbside pickup is, is something that's here to stay. and, you know, it's, it's early, obviously, but what we're hearing from our customers and our merchants is, uh, you know, just a great acceptance uh, of the program. And uh, uh, I think it's a permanent change, if you will, at, uh, at an open air retail center. So I think that's, that's the best best example of what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, so sounds like being being nimble, right, and kind of innovative in terms of uh, looking at sort of where where things are moving, essentially, right? Yeah. As we as we close, Jeff, if you look at the industry, you know, five ten years from now, and uh, you know, there is a lot of stories, obviously, about you know COVID and the impact it's had on on the on the business and all kind of you know, negative stuff. But what do you think will be the positive thing that comes out of all of this?
1: You know, I think. Look, at, and we've we've said this for a long time, and it's not unique to us. A, a lot of people believe this. We we have way too much retail space in the United States of America. Um, the number of square feet per capita in the United States, is, as you all well know, I'm sure Vlad is way in excess of what you find in other countries, yeah. and there's just too much of it. And you know what what COVID is doing. Is accelerating uh, the demise of the weak, you know, whether it be an occupant of that property or the property itself. And we think ultimately it will strengthen uh, the stronger. So, you know, whether whether you're a tenant and you have fewer competitors now or fewer competitors in the future because of COVID, and you're you're more profitable and your balance sheet is stronger, uh, or whether you're a property owner of a great property that. You know, tenants have now migrated to because they want to upgrade their location and they want to upgrade their co-tenancy. You know, we definitely think those two things are going to come out of this. Yeah. So, you know, you don't want to be on the losing end of that equation, obviously. But again, since we've been very careful um, over many years of um, selecting the properties that we've acquired and invested in. You know, we think longer term we're going to come out of this just fine and we're going to come out of it with a a portfolio of of stronger merchants and restaurants in our properties. It's going to take some time. There's not quite light at the end of the tunnel, if you will, on the disease. But uh, as we get to that point and uh, people get more and more comfortable with – getting back to, you know, a pre-COVID routine, we definitely see that happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff, uh, safe travels as you re-canvas your uh, West Coast operations and stay safe.
1: Thank you very much, Vlad. You too. Best for you and your family.